0: One, zero, all engine running. Lift off. we have a liftoff.
1: Good evening, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number is 404 872 one 1-800-WSB-TALK. We begin with the biggest news story of the day, um, continuing the president's tweets, to get to the story, listen, I, I have debated very much how I wanted to proceed, and I'm going to have to ask the audience to exercise some grace here, uh, because to arrive at the story of the day that we need to be talking about, we actually need to do a journey through history, uh, and I really do believe that that puts everything more in proper context uh, than if we just, just hit at it from the typical angles that are being yelled about and fought over on TV. I, I actually want to go all the way back to 1374. You're running the number through your head. Yes. Uh, the, The Holy Roman Empire in 1374. In the German part of the Holy Roman Empire, a phenomenon began to happen. It was first documented in 1374. It continued on until 1519, the last documented occurrence. That was German peasants began dancing Oh, it was men, it was women, it was children, and they danced. Now, what set this apart from regular dancing is that they didn't stop dancing until they died, many of them. Some of them eventually stopped, some of them from exhaustion. We, we don't actually know what caused it. Um, it. Mass hysteria, moral panic, something, a cult, some people. There, there have been all sorts of speculation. We, we don't know because they didn't talk. They just started dancing. Those who survived, many of them had no recollection of the dancing once it was done. Uh, There were documented accounts of people. They danced for two weeks and fell over dead. They did not stop. Others, it took days, and then they died. Once you started dancing, you did not stop. You did not sleep. You did not eat. You did not drink. You didn't stop to go to the bathroom. You used the bathroom on yourself as you continued to dance, and then you fell over dead from exhaustion. In 1374, then there are the cat nuns. The cat nuns are, were nuns in medieval France. Starting at, at one um, convent, the nuns began meowing like cats. All, all the nuns in, in the convent began meowing like cats. Word swept through Europe that nuns were beginning to meow, uh, some women were executed on the belief that they were witches causing this, but the the meowing spread to other convents, nuns meowing throughout France. It swept into Germany and, and more people executed on the belief that they were witches causing the meowing. Uh, history is replete with these sorts of moral panics that happen and mass hysteria that happens. Now, there was the great fear that really was a precursor to the French Revolution. The peasants in the farms outside of Paris began to believe that the the, uh, wealthy were coming to burn their fields. And so some of the farmers burned the fields first, causing starvation and panic and famine. Uh, because the, the peasants were convinced that if they had fields, the rich were going to come burn the fields and kill their families. So they burned the fields to keep the rich, except no one was actually coming. But it, it devolved into a mass hysteria and it swept through France of, of peasants attacking manor homes and rich people and burning their own farms, thinking that the, the, the rich people were coming to do it. But there's the Salem Witch Trial. Abigail Williams, Betty Paris, and Putnam... Uh, Elizabeth Hubbard was the famous that they began exhibiting symptoms that local preachers said were uh, spiraling out of control and extra biblical and possibly demonic. There must be witches. Uh, Nineteen people killed or 20 people executed for the Salem witch trials in Salem, Massachusetts. Five other people died as a result. False accusations began. The, the, The original symptoms uh, then spread from from people who were overcome with something to false accusations being used against enemies to being individuals targeted for, for execution because there were others who nursed vendettas against them. I promise this is all related to the president's tweets. I, I, I really do promise you that this is all related to, to so much of what we're seeing in the news cycle this very day. And these things continue to happen. I mean, let's not forget that the Red Scare in, in the 50s and 60s, there was a legitimate basis here. Communists were infiltrating Hollywood studios and government agencies. But pretty soon around the corner everywhere, there were communists. This is not a, a phenomenon of the medieval period. In 1909, 12 people on a transit bus in New Jersey were convinced that a devil bird had attacked the trolley they were on. There were witnesses. All of the witnesses had similar descriptions. They all claimed to have seen footprints in the snow in 1909. The search parties were sent out. um, $10,000, an astronomical sum in the day, was raised to go find the devil bird that had attacked the trolley. Was it the devil himself who had attacked the trolley? Well documented. You can read about it in the newspapers of the day. It was reported as fact in the newspapers of the day. And that gets us to where we are now. Now. What we're seeing in the news headlines today, and it's not just on the president, there are multiple fronts, and I want to weave them all together because I think we're talking about the same story just from different angles, is the current moral panic that we're in. So we've got a story out today, Beto O'Rourke, he had ancestors who were slave owners. This comes on the heels of reports about Mitch McConnell and Barack Obama all having slave owners, a buddy of mine actually. Uh, put this in an email today. Um, He says, there there seems to be popular ignorance of the orders of magnitude effects of lineage with the population of your ancestry doubling at every generation uh, versus the preceding one and then getting added to it. you got two ancestors one generation back, then six two generations back, inclusive of the preceding generation, then 14, then 30, and so on. By the time you hit five generations back, you've amassed 62 direct ancestors, of whom 32 are in that fifth generation. When you're talking about any reasonably widespread popular institution, and slavery was, with likely over one quarter of Southern whites owning at least one slave, a a then widespread popular institution in the pre-Civil War South, the chances are you've got an ancestor who participated in the institution, and it's an exceptionally high chance. If you're a white Southern person with ancestry that's white Southern, no later than 1860, you probably had slave-owning ancestors. And the same with royalty as well. There were so many little fiefdoms and kingdoms back in the day. The longer you go back, more and more of us are, are related to royalty. You go all the way back, we're related to Adam and Eve. All of us have shared common lineages at some point when you go all the way back. And yet Beto O'Rourke and Mitch McConnell, Barack Obama's excused, of course, uh, but the rest of them ha- have some burden to bear. You know, th- this is a is something that happens in uh, authoritarian regimes in North Korea, for example, uh, the North Korean regime has a belief that essentially the crimes of families are descended. You inherit not just the genes, but you inherit the crimes of the preceding generations, and they are your burden to bear. We don't do this in a free society, but the left now increasingly wants to do this. We see this moral panic now in in the demands the president is a racist and something must be done. We see this moral panic in the people who have suddenly decided that when five years ago it wasn't even on their radar that suddenly now their children must be allowed to decide for themselves whether they are male or female, and until then we should pollute the entire English language by calling he and she they for the singular— Because the children need to make the determination for themselves as opposed to the parent. Making the choice for them by looking at biology and saying, this is what God has ordained for you, child, or if you don't believe in God, nature itself. Suddenly, you can determine for yourself these things. We see all of these things gripping us now in a moral panic on the left, where there is no existential threat to the nation, and so one must be invented. The president is a racist, the nation is bad, and people are bigoted. There is no difference between the peasants dancing in the fields in the 1300s in the Holy Roman Empire and dropping dead after two weeks of nonstop dancing than there is the left out there right now trying to burn down businesses that dare to say that there's a men's bathroom and a women's bathroom. There really isn't a difference between the nuns of medieval France meowing constantly, and the left meowing now constantly about injustice where there is none. That all of them can, to some degree, take a kernel of truth that has happened once in the past, whether an illness racks a school that spreads around the school system or what have you, and then seeing it pollute into mass hysteria. And corrupt minds of people. We have seen some terrible, tragic situations. The Eric Garner stuff is in in the news today for what the Department of Justice has done. We'll get to that in a minute. But for the left to conclude from these isolated incidences whipped around by social media and journalists themselves decided that we are a horrible nation and we have somehow regressed in race relations instead of advanced past the point of having the first black president in American history. Somehow we've become worse. Somehow we're, we're more homophobic. Somehow we're, we're more bigoted. We're more intolerant. The president is a racist. All of these things. It is a moral panic for people without morals. It is a moral panic for people without religion. You, because you see, there is still religion in the world. Everyone believes in a God. Everybody worships something. Even the atheist worships something often himself. And what we saw with earlier moral panics and earlier mass hysteria is typically what happened is the origins of the mass hysteria came from religion, came from a kernel of truth of something in faith. Well, the left has a faith. It's a secular faith. It's still a religious faith, but there is a faith, and and we're starting to see the moral panics creep from their faith that something must be done. There is a sin run amok and it must be purged. And in this case, the sin is those who they disagree with. And the media, being part of the left, has been swept up in this moral panic. And so now we have journalists writing long editorials in the New York uh, Times on how the English language, thousands of years of English language, must be changed to get rid of he and she as pronouns because children must be able to decide for themselves. And until then, they must all be called they in the singular they is instead of they are and we're seeing this in how they approach the president everything the president does is presumed to be racist because orange man bad and orange man bad being elected means it's a sign that the people elected him and therefore the people themselves are bad and the people themselves are polluted and the people themselves must be purged or re-educated or must be made to repent Our entire news cycle this week is swept up into a frenzy over a tweet from the president on Sunday that I have maintained since since he did it that he should not have done it. And all the people are screaming about it being racist. Okay. But they can't let it go. And they've got to participate in it. And it's no different from the Red Scare, from the dancing people, from the meowing nuns, from the Salem witch trials, from the the, the devil bird of Jersey in 1909. It is a collective moral panic from people who have no existential threat that they have to deal with in their lives right now because life is so good in this country, things are so grand and great, so they have had to invent something with which to fight. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers is, well, they're hodgepodge of business systems. They've got a system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, and so on. It's just a big, inefficient mess. Takes up too much time, takes up too many resources. It hurts the bottom line. That's where NetSuite from Oracle comes in handy. It's the business management software. It handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. Right now, NetSuite is offering valuable insight with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your Profits at NetSweet.com slash Eric. That's NetSuite.com slash Eric to download your free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits, netsuite.com slash Eric. I only have about thirty seconds. I will take your calls when we come back. I want to talk about the Eric Garner case. The Eric Garner case, you may recall, was the the man who was choked by a police officer in New York City. His last words were I can't breathe. And it became a crusade on the left to have the police officer punished. Uh, The Department of Justice has said they will not prosecute the guy. Uh, There are some facts that you probably need to know that the moral crusaders are leaving out. We need to discuss them. Thanks to the miracle of Twitter, as much as I hate this godforsaken website, I I just got the audio. C-SPAN just pushed it out. Let's listen to this if we can. The chair is ready to make a statement. I came in here to, to try to do this in a fair way. I kept warning both sides, let's not do this, hoping we could get through. Mr. Jepal had a situation where uh, we could be uh, in here on another motion to um, uh, take down uh, words of, uh, of, of a friend of mine and, but we don't ever ever want to pass up it seems an opportunity to, ex- to escalate and that's what this is I will dare anybody to look at any of the footage and see if there was any unfairness but unfairness is not enough because we want to just fight I abandon the chair <laughs> wow the democrats can't govern the house my goodness, in another in, in another in another thing that's happening right now, the Board of Planned Parenthood has just terminated the President of Planned Parenthood without her consent no less. They terminated her. Now, on the upside, she will not be sold for scraps and torn apart and harvested, um, unlike the the children Planned Parenthood deals with. But she's released this bizarre statement. It's actually an incredible statement by the head of Planned Parenthood, uh, former now head of Planned Parenthood, that a, as a physician and public health leader, I came to Planned Parenthood to lead a national health care organization that provides essential primary and preventative care to millions of underserved women and families and to advocate for a broad range of policies that affect our patients' health. I believe the best way to protect abortion care is to be clear that it is not a political issue, but a health care one, and that we can expand support for reproductive rights by finding common ground with the large majority of Americans who understand reproductive health care as the fundamental health care that it is. I'm leaving because the new board chairs and I have philosophical differences over the direction and future plans Parenthood. In other words, Planned Parenthood is fully on board being the high priest of the secular religion. And she was a doctor. She she doesn't want to be a religious figure. She wants to be a doctor. And Planned Parenthood recognizes that abortion has become a sacrament of the left. Uh, Again, you know, the, the entire theme for this is... Religion never goes away. There's a new study out today, actually uh, the rise of the nuns. Now, 22% of people affiliate uh, with the idea of nuns, they have no religion. Um, Kansas, Arkansas, and Alaska, I believe, are the three where the nuns are not growing. South Dakota has had no change. Other states are seeing rapid increases, including Georgia, in in people who identify as nuns or atheists. But what's happening is that religion is not going away. No, No religion ever goes away. Uh, Romans 1 talks about how God is woven into nature itself, and it's true. Uh, Everyone worships something. As Tim Keller has said, where you put your money is often where you worship. And more and more we're seeing people put their money on their own care and well-being, meaning they're worshiping themselves, is very self-centered worship. Uh, But what we see on the left is they have all the rites and sacrifices and systems and ceremonies of religion. Uh, Planned Parenthood is a sacrament of the left. Abortion is a sacrament of the left. You are encouraged more and more. Believe it or not, it's out there. You don't have to look far in in intellectual uh, writings on the left now that women are encouraged to have abortions. And now men, I'm using air quotes, men are encouraged also to have abortions on the left. It, it is considered a rite of passage. All of these things. And here you have the head of Planned Parenthood ousted by the board. And in her words, she's ousted because she believes it's a it's a health care issue, not a religious issue. Although she doesn't say that so much, just that it's a health care issue and the board disagrees. What she means is the, the board believes abortion is a political issue, a political weapon and should be treated as such for the left. It is a religious cult. Secularism is with all the trappings of religion and a god uh, instead of worshiping the creator they worship creation itself and that is what we're seeing and and you've got this thing on on the house wrapped up in the moral crusades and the moral outrage of the day that the house cannot lead itself it cannot function because uh, they are all involved in screaming racism and racist and denouncing the president and every single person has to take a bolder and bolder pick. And Doug Collins of Georgia is the one who finally called him out and said, we're violating the rules of decorum in the House of Representatives. And now they're they're at a standstill because it never occurred to them they could become guilty under their rules of what they accused the president of being guilty of. And the chairman of the the speaker of the House, the stand-in speaker, has thrown down the gavel and surrendered the chair. This is where we are. It is. This is a, a new religion working out the kinks. That's what we're seeing. The phone number here 1800 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. I think this is an appropriate moment for me to tell you we have released the agenda for the resurgent gathering. Uh, we will begin our day on it is August 2nd and 3rd here in Atlanta And we will begin the day with Governor Kemp speaking to the crowd uh, on August 2nd, followed by Tim Scott of South Carolina, Tom Cotton of Arkansas, uh, Derek Morgan from American Fuel and Petrochemical Manufacturers, which is actually a really cool speech uh, or conversation. We will have a special guest at lunch. The Secret Service will not yet let us release the details, uh, but we'll be discussing uh, his vision for what. Ne- the next four years will look like that guest who I can't tell you about. Um, then we will have Congressman Doug Collins of Georgia he will be there. I'm sure I'll be asking about what happened today. Uh, Heritage Action for America is participating. Americans for Prosperity are participating. At the end of the day, we're going to have a great conversation with Mark Meadows and Jody Heiss of the House Freedom Caucus. Uh, Jody Heiss from here in Georgia on the 3rd. We'll have Grover Norquist from Americans for Tax Reform. We'll kick it off, followed by Senator David Perdue. And then Congressman Chip Roy of Texas. Uh, Former Congresswoman Karen Handel will be there. David Drucker from the Washington Examiner will be there to give us an overview of the state of play headed into 2020. Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee. uh, Carrie Servino from the Judicial Crisis Network. You know, her new book is out on the Cavitall hearings. She and Molly Hemingway have a new book out. Uh, Carrie Servino will be there to talk about that book with me, and then we're working on another super special guest for the evening. I can't guarantee we'll get this one, Uh, but we have the other one. Uh, And so also be advised that your midday traffic that Friday the 2nd in Atlanta will be tied up with lots of security vehicles coming through town. So if you want to come to the Resurgent Gathering, text Atlanta to three four five three four five, You will get a link back to Eventbrite. You must register through Eventbrite if you want to come uh, the 2nd and 3rd. I was just informed we're actually going to have a big shindig the night of the 1st, August 1st, sponsored of all things by Facebook. Uh, Facebook wants to come hang out with conservatives and so they're going to come have a welcome reception August 1st. It'll be a great time. Your breakfast and lunches are also included at the event. So text Atlanta to three four five three four five if you want to come hang out at the Resurgent Gathering. It will be a great, great time. Uh, and now, what am I going to do here? Ah, This is my cue to go to commercial break. But before I go to commercial break, I can't yet. I'm refusing to surrender the microphone because it relates to this Planned Parenthood situation that happened today. And it probably is directly related to the ouster of the Planned Parenthood president. Uh, The president of the United States has imposed restrictions on Title X funding. Title X funding for healthcare in the United States. Uh, the president has issued an order, an executive order. It has now been upheld by federal courts. It goes into effect immediately that federal dollars cannot go to any facility that advocates for abortion, not just a facility that performs abortion, but any facility that recommends an abortion as a matter of health care can no longer get federal dollars as of today. A big advance for the cause of life for the president of the United States. It went into effect moments before Planned Parenthood announced it was firing the CEO of the company. The president of the United States may actually have an actual serious challenger within the Republican primary for president, not Bill Weld. We'll get into that. And Joe Biden, of all things, Uh, Joe Biden actually said yesterday that if you like your doctor, you'll be able to keep your doctor under his health care plan. know I'm not making that up. He actually said it in those words. If you like your doctor, you'll be able to keep your doctor under his plan. It's crazy. Biden is running to the right of the Democrats on the platform of preserving Obamacare when the rest of the Democrats want to blow it up. Uh, Kamala Harris today uh, informing people via her press secretary that, in fact, private health care insurance will be illegal under her health care plan. We will get into all that. We have a it is Eric Erickson here on News 955 AM seven fifty WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, four oh four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. Atlanta's Evening News is what you're listening to. Uh, I'm I was listening for it, so I'm I'm if I sound a little off, it, it's the I was listening to the to the countdown, the voice within the opening of the show, and if you don't know the, so the opening song is "Wake Up" by Arcade Fire. I'm a huge Arcade Fire fan, and they are super progressive, and probably loathe the idea um, that I base my intro on one of their songs I dearly love. But the countdown in there, the three, two, one, is the actual voice of NASA at the Apollo Eleven countdown for liftoff. Uh, that is it. And it, history was made 50 years ago when we went to the moon, and there is an open question of whether or not we could do that now. And I I, I think that the economics must be off at the Washington Post. I'm, I'm thinking that they must be Desperate for clicks at the Washington Post because they've done more and more stupid stuff at the Washington Post with their opinion section. Uh, running more outrageous hot takes and, and getting more stuff on Twitter and trying to to get people. I mean, man, the ratio on this is crazy. People really just uh, ridiculing this op-ed at the Washington Post. Let me just read you the tweet summarizing the op-ed. The culture that put men on the moon was intense, fun, family unfriendly and mostly white and male. It just just I mean who cares? We did something no one else has done. They're, I really do think that this this suicide squad of the Hate America First Caucus uh, that came out yesterday to address the president he told them to go go home wherever uh, they really do not see good in the United States. And and they say they do because they're politicians, and so they're supposed to, but they complain about everything. And more and more we're seeing this on the left, complaining about everything. You know, ours really is a good nation. And I've got friends of mine in the conservative movement who I've kind of been appalled by to learn that they think, well, everybody says that their country is good and, and their country is set apart and their country is special. Uh, I know people who write at prominent conservative publications who have this thought that, yeah, we say we're special because we're Americans by God, but everybody else really thinks that about their country too. No, we, I, I actually fundamentally believe that every other country on the planet is crap compared to us. I actually fundamentally believe that. I don't believe that because I'm an American. I believe that because there is no country on earth other than our country where people are literally dying trying to get here. Ours is, ours is a very unique country, and this whole idea now among an intellectual elite on both sides that, well, everybody says it, but it, it nobody really means it. No, I actually genuinely do mean that. I would not want to live in any one of these other places on the planet, and I love, I, I love going to, to Britain. I haven't been in a while. I would love to go. I, I love going there. I love going to parts of Europe. I, I like Canada. Canadians are nice people. I mean they're they're northern americans we should conquer them and and add some states but they're not america they're they're not the united states of america and we put a man on the moon we put multiple men on the moon and that's something we should be proud of we should be proud of the fact that people are desperate to come to this country we may not want all of them we may want them to follow our law to get here but we should be really proud of the fact that people are desperate to come here. You know why people are desperate to go to Europe? Because Europe is close and they're in war torn countries and they want to get out of out of out of the war torn countries and go to Europe. But when they get to Europe, where do they want to go? They wanna come here. They wanna be Americans. There are a whole lot of Americans these days, including some in Congress, who don't actually want to be Americans, and there are a whole lot of people in the rest of the world who would actually love to be Americans, and I say let the people who want to be Americans come be Americans, and maybe the people who don't want to be Americans, who have some sort of disgust for the country, y'all can go somewhere else. There are 100-plus countries to choose from if you don't like it here, but this is the best place there is. By God, we're the inventors of McDonald's and Burger King and Chick-fil-A. I mean, people around the world want our fast food restaurants. We don't want their fast food restaurants. They want our movies. We don't want the China crap. The China wants our movies. Even our bad movies do better in China. I mean, we got really terrible movies. I, I, I could go on about this. But we put someone on the moon. No one else has done that. And we shouldn't let anybody else. We should be sabotaging their efforts and putting our old man back on the moon by God. Now, The president may have competition in 2020. Now, it would not be competition that would cost the president uh, the nomination. Let's be clear here. Uh, But he's got Bill Weld, the former governor of Massachusetts, who is a very squishy, moderate to liberal Republican running. But now he may have Mark Sanford running. Mark Sanford, the congressman who lost his reelection bid when the president aggressively opposed him. Mark Sanford, the guy who... Um, is really well known for his fiscal conservatism and where he and the president repeatedly clash was over the issue of fiscal conservatism. And, And Sanford is going around now telling people that the Republicans are the party of fiscal conservatism and by God, why aren't we operating like it? So he wants to potentially challenge the president of the United States. He won't get very far in the effort, except the media will tout him. The media is really, really desperate for some Republican to challenge the president. Let, let me just tell you, I can keep this, this very, very specific and give you insight into the media's relationship with the president here. I have, for the past couple of years, uh, been on TV a lot. I was with CNN for three years. I was with Fox for five years. Last year, my TV contract was up with Fox. I did more TV hits in the first four months of being out of my Fox contract than I did all of my last year at Fox, where I was a conservative who didn't care for the president. And so I was never on Fox. The only times I was on Fox, if I wrote something nice about the president, they would be sure to put me on because they had to put me on some under my contract or else I'd get out of my contract. When my contract was up, I didn't want to go back to Fox. They didn't want, want me to come back. I, I feel like I wasn't fired because I told them first I wasn't coming back. And then they decided they, they didn't really want to renew my contract anyway. And then in those months after I was gone from Fox, I was on TV all the time. I was on Meet the Press once or twice a month. It was on HBO. I was on CNN uh, all the time. And then I did something, and it changed the whole arc. I announced that I would— support the president of the United States for re-election. You will not be surprised to learn that all of the invitations to be on TV networks went away. See, it's very useful to have a conservative who doesn't support the president on television because you can make the people, the liberal viewers of these networks, feel comfortable knowing that uh, even conservatives don't like the president. So here comes a guy who was one of the president's most prominent critics in 2016, so much so that the president was attacking me on Twitter and I was getting death threats and people showing up in my house. And I can go on TV and, and tell people all those things. And they can have me on, they can parade me around, have me on the morning shows, have me on the evening shows, have me on the midday shows, have me on the HBO shows. And then to say, wait a second, you know what? Now he's voting for the president. In 2020, he's going to vote for the president. What? What happened? See, if I were to go on and say these things, their audience, their progressive, supposedly tolerant audience, would have to ask themselves, why is a guy who got death threats from the president's supporters, who had people show up at his home, who had people threaten his children, why is he voting for this guy now as opposed to the Democrats? And then they would be forced to have some introspection and decide, you know what, maybe there's something wrong with us that that we can't get a guy like that to vote for us. He's going to vote for the other guy. He's going to vote for Trump. He didn't like Trump. He doesn't like Trump. He, he's got issues with Trump. But he's voting for Trump. Why? What well, what are we doing wrong? Well, they can't have they can't have people ask themselves insightful personal questions as to why they're being rejected and what policy issues they have that that have me drawn to the president as opposed to them. No. So they they've just got to do well. Nope. He's he's one of them now. We can't have that guy on. He's clearly a racist because he's supporting the president and the president's a racist clearly. So we can't have this guy on anymore. It really was staggering to me after having been on uh, a certain news network and then said I was going to vote for the president to have anonymous producers whispering to left-wing gossip sections how outraged they are that their network would ever have me on. That, that's that's what we're dealing with here, people. So when you have a guy like Mark Sanford who says he may run against the president of the United States, he gets maximum media exposure because they have to continue to push the mythology that there are way more many people like Mark Sanford than there are like me. Many, many, many conservatives out there are saying, you know what, I'm still not voting for this guy, as opposed to the overwhelming number of conservatives like me who said, I didn't vote for him in 2016, but you people are insane. I'm totally voting for him, even if only as a matter of self-preservation. They don't want to have those conversations. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have that keeps them from knowing their numbers is, well, they're hodgepodge of business systems. They've got a system for accounting, another for sales, another for inventory, and so on. It's just a big, inefficient mess. Takes up too much time, takes up too many resources. It hurts the bottom line. That's where NetSuite from Oracle comes in handy. It's the business management software. It handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. Right now, NetSuite is offering valuable insight with a free guide, seven key strategies to grow your profits at netsuite.com slash eric that's netsuite.com slash eric to download your free guide seven key strategies to grow your profits netsuite.com slash eric and i've got some thoughts on the eric garner situation that we also need to discuss the media is leaving out some key details and it's really disappointing as someone who doesn't necessarily believe the media is all terrible but man they really are all terrible when it comes to dealing with this tragedy and it is a tragedy we shouldn't undermine that Okay, so I began this entire show with a discourse into how we are in the midst of a modern moral panic uh, and mass hysteria. So much of our politics can be understood in that regard. The Democrats tearing down American flags, hoisting Mexican flags, the the president's tweets about the members of Congress telling them to go home, the Democratic response, this nonsense on the House floor by Nancy Pelosi, the idea that suddenly the most important thing in America is that men should be able to go into our daughter's bathrooms and you're a bigot if you don't think otherwise and Christians need to be put out of business if they're not down with this. On and on and on it goes, this moral panic. I, I just I just saw that my beloved Apple swept up in into the midst of this moral panic with everyone else, the secularist elite. Uh, to to assuage you because apparently people had concerns people felt unrepresented by emoji so in addition to the lesbian emoji couple and the the gay men couple you're now going to be able to decide about the there will have the white lesbian and gay couples the black lesbian and gay couples the hispanic lesbian and gay couples and then they will have the mixed race. So you'll have a black and white, black and Hispanic, uh, Hispanic and white to choose from. What about Asian? How, how do you represent that? You, you know, for a while there, they were very upset that people were using the default yellow emoji and that somehow this was a, a slur against Asians. The the amount of things that you can get wrapped up into in this moral panic is, is ridiculous. But they're going to try to address it all. What about the couples who live in open polyamorous relationships? Are we going to start getting emojis with three people instead of two? I, I mean, at some point, you know, it's got to happen. What about the woman who fell in love with the pirate ghost? Are we going to get an emoji of, of the a cu- couple holding hands and it's going to be pirate ghost? When you try to accommodate it all, you know, an open mind is actually not a good thing. The, the purpose of opening your mind is to then close it again. And too many people on the left have opened their minds so much their brains have fallen out. That's where we are at this point. Now. I want to talk about the Eric Garner situation because I'm actually in the camp that has long thought that the police officer should be prosecuted. It was clear, I think, from all of the evidence that Eric Garner was not the threat that the original claims were made about. And it is clear that he was essentially choked to death by a police officer and that he was saying that he can't breathe in fact his last words it is undisputed his last words were i can't breathe and he died and i think that as much as i fully support the police i think that there are bad actors who give all of police a bad name and if we're going to let them all go we're going to have increasing distrust of law enforcement in this country there are bad cops I don't know, though, that this cop was a bad cop. I have certainly long thought that he needed to be prosecuted. And yet today I'm hearing for the first time what many of you are not and reading into this, that in all of the reporting on this, what we are not told is that the law enforcement operatives and federal authorities in New York City who looked into this case are the ones who said he should not be prosecuted. They're the ones who actually said that there's no case here. It was the Obama administration's Civil Rights Department in Washington that wanted to make a statement. They're the ones who wanted to prosecute. But upon review, the local authorities in New York, including the federal investigators in New York, decided they wouldn't be able to make a case, that they don't think the police officer handled it correctly. But they don't think they can make a case of beyond a reasonable doubt that he killed willfully killed Eric Garner. And that's actually new in the conversation unless you deeply, deeply paid attention to this case. And it's something that the media today is – I've, I've read all the press reports about it today that I could get my hands on from every press outlet available, and it's amazing how many are downplaying that fact that the local authorities the federal authorities not the not the trump administration authorities but going back to the obama administration federal authorities in new york said there's no there there for prosecution um okay o- on this on this issue here i i think what happened to eric garner is absolutely a tragedy it is bad and and at a time where people on the left are willfully hoping to inflame racial tensions in this country Uh, In large part, I think one of the reasons that there are people who want to inflame racial tensions in this country is they can feel the Democratic Party breaking apart. And the only way to keep it from breaking apart as rich, white, secular progressives are allying more and more with uh, socially conservative Christian black voters is the only way to keep them voting Democrat is to scare them about the Republicans. And the Eric Garner situation plays into that and can be capitalized on that. But it's just it's astonishing to me. The way this has been reported by so many people, so many people are convinced that there is an injustice. And yes, I, I absolutely, I, a man died and he didn't have to die. That is an injustice. But there's a difference between an injustice and a prosecutable injustice. And that doesn't appear to be the case here. It doesn't appear that the officer, according to the local authorities, the federal authorities in the Obama administration who investigated, it doesn't appear that this is something they can make their case through in court. And they thought there would be it would be far more damaging to try to drag this guy through court and have a jury say not guilty than to just say there's no there there. And yet there are so many people who want to capitalize on it and, and basically take the orange man bad position and ignore the facts of the case. And I think it's worth pointing out again. That the federal investigators of the Obama administration who were closest to the scene and who did the interviews and investigation said this is not a case that could be prosecuted. It is not a Donald Trump thing. It is not a William Barr thing. It is a William Barr situation, the attorney general siding with those prosecutors and investigators in the local area as opposed to listening to the bureaucrats in Washington. And we should be glad of that, that he did that. Okay. Can I just note the story about the downtown Sheraton? I've stayed in that hotel before, although it's been a while, um, five confirmed cases. Now yesterday there were three. We've now got five confirmed cases of Legionnaires disease, uh, from people who visited or stayed at the downtown Sheraton hotel here in Atlanta. Um, gosh, uh, that's, that's not good. And it can take, I mean, this place could be shut down for a very long time as they try to figure out what exactly got into the their air systems, their whatever, getting people this. Uh, you rarely hear about Legionnaires in, in hotels these days because of sanitation. So what went wrong in that hotel? It's going to be a very long time until we find out. In the meantime, you can't stay at the Sheraton downtown. You'll have to stay somewhere else. Uh, now a, a Marriott property, because uh, the Starwood properties and Marriott properties merged. I typically always stay at the Hilton or the Hyatt downtown. If I if I stay downtown, I normally try to stay up with my people in Buckhead. <laughs> but if I stay down there, I don't stay at the Sheraton anyway, so I guess I'm safe. All right. Uh, coming up tomorrow, more on the fallout over the speaker. And, of course, I'm sure the president will be tweeting about what she said this evening.